Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. So this morning, this will be our first message. We're going to talk about limiting God's power and how we can limit God's power in prayer. Uh, In our prayer life, we can limit God's power in our life and how He works in us and through us. And we're going to be in James chapter 4 this morning. And I have uh, a couple of thoughts uh, with you. I'll start with the first one as far as a question. Uh, Did you pray today? Now, nobody has to raise their hand. I don't want to get anyone... uh, This is personal. Did you pray today? Did you pray this morning? Did you pray this week? Uh, now think about your prayer life a little bit. Think about your prayer life. And uh, everyone here, I think, can think about it. Most people here are old enough to understand what prayer is. Is your prayer life good? Is it strong? Uh, is it healthy? In other words, uh, is it something that you practice? You have a, a prayer life you practice? Is it something that you uh, take time to talk to God? Because that's what prayer is, is talking to the Lord. Uh, another one is, are your prayers answered? Do you have prayers that are answered? Uh, and although I know at times uh, some of the prayers are not answered and it's out of our hands, it's in God's hands. But uh, we hope that our prayers are heard and answered. And so that's another one to consider. And today we're going to talk about prayer, uh, which is an important subject. Uh, you know the apostles, they followed Christ uh, and they learned directly from him for those three years in his ministry. Uh, it's interesting, we, we don't have anywhere recorded of them asking Christ how to preach or how to teach. But they did ask him how to pray. They wanted to know how to pray. And it's probably because they heard his prayer life. They saw how important prayer was to him. And because it was important to him, they understood this is something that should be important to me. And so this morning, we're going to look at, from the book of James, uh, just two ways. Two ways that our prayer life can be hindered. And when it's hindered, it's going to limit God's power in our life. So let's go back to the book of James, chapter 4. And I'll begin in verse 1. He says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Uh, Come they not hence? Uh, He says here, Even of your lusts that war in your members. Now, most believe, he's probably referring not necessarily to world wars or wars between nations, which he could be in a way. But you'll notice here, he says, Among you. Uh, He's probably referring to more what we would call domestic disputes. Amongst families, amongst friends, amongst churches, amongst businesses or corporations. Just just problems within is what he's talking about here. He says, uh, even of your lusts that war in your members, you lust, you have not, you kill, desire to have and cannot obtain, you fight war. He goes, yet you have not because you ask not, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. So this morning we're going to talk about limiting God's power with our prayer life. Here's my first thought today. We can limit God's power... Simply by abandoning prayer. You notice what he says here in verse 2 at the end? You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. You know, preparing this message, I thought, in my own life, I thought, you know, it's so simple. Yet there are times I know I don't have God's blessings. I don't have more probably because I just don't ask. I fail to ask God uh, to get involved or to lead or guide or direct I just go forward thinking I have all the answers. Let me give you a few thoughts on abandoned prayer. The first one is, uh, I want to talk first about the promises of prayer, the promises that come with prayer. Turn with me if you would over to the book of Matthew, because this this describes it best here as far as some of the promises that we have with prayer. 
And in this passage, we have uh, three forms of prayer. Three forms of prayer that are uh, it's described. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 is where we find a, a description of prayer in three forms. Uh, verse 7 is where I'll begin. Matthew chapter 7. He says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, he says, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? You know, this is a great passage on prayer, on seeking the Lord. Uh, and I want to give you a few thoughts on the promises here. I don't, don't have time to develop this completely, but I'll give you enough that we can move on and, and see what we're talking about, how we can limit God. The first one is ask. He says, ask and it shall be given to you. So in other words, if you ask of God, you, you can receive. You can receive an answer from God if you ask Him. Uh, now the answer may not always be the one you're looking for. Yeah, that happens sometimes. There, there are times God may say no. He's God. He reserves the right. Or, or he may say yes, but not yet. Or, or he may even say yes, but in a different way than we may have expected. So God will answer and God will hear, but we have to ask. You've got to ask. And so secondly, he talks about seeking. He says, seek, he says, and you shall find. Uh, in other words, if you seek after God, you're going to find the Lord. If you seek after God, you're going to find the Lord. Have you ever had to find or look for something? Maybe uh, here's the example I give. Have you ever had to make phone calls to figure out something? And I don't know if anyone here works for the government. So if you do, I don't want to pick on you too much. But uh, have you ever had to call the government for something? And then by the time you're done, you've called 10 different places. And they send you over here and they give you another number. uh, Because no one has the answer or at least the answer you're looking for. You know, with God, we don't have to ever worry about that. All right, we can go directly to him because of Christ. And you can pray to God. This morning you can pray to God. This afternoon you can talk to God. And so what we find here is if you seek after him, you'll find him. Uh, the third one is knock. He says, knock and the door shall be opened. Uh, so if you knock, God's going to open doors in your life. If you knock. But you've got you to knock. We've got to go to him and seek his direction. So these are promises, all right? These are promises. I enjoy promises. I don't know about any of you. I enjoy promises because with promises you have guarantees like this will happen uh, this is going to take place because of a promise and with God he will always keep his word we can count on God to keep his word but let me just point out a few of the conditions with these promises because there are some conditions with these promises to receive you have to ask you have to ask if you don't ask don't expect an answer that's the, that's the thought. That's the condition there. Uh, here's the second one. To find, you're going to have to search after God. If you don't seek after the Lord, don't expect His blessings if you're not going to seek after Him. And then here's the third one. To have the door open, you must knock. If you don't knock, don't expect open doors. That's kind of interesting when you think of it that way. The conditions that are in place for us to go to God. Now, I find also what's interesting, you know, the Lord often talks in in the scriptures, we find him talking about the fact that we need to have faith like children. Think about children with this. How many of you ever had children that, you know, I tell you, children are good at asking, right? They can ask over and over and over, sometimes the same thing. They'll keep the same question until they get the answer they want or, or the answer that they know is the final answer. 
But they'll ask and ask and ask and ask. Uh, how about this? Children enjoy searching. Uh, you know, they enjoy any sort of treasure hunt or, or trying to find something new. Uh, life is exciting for children, looking for something new. And then you think of the third one, knocking on doors. Uh, you know, parents sometimes when they go up to a house, they're going to visit someone, they may have to tell their children, no, I'll, I'll knock on the door. Because they get up there and they hit that doorbell, they're going to keep hitting that doorbell. Uh, you know, see, children are, as far as their faith, are willing to go forward and ask. You know, this morning, that's, that's what we need to do with God. Don't be embarrassed about asking God for something. Don't be shy about asking God for something. Go to God. Share with Him your desires. Ask Him the, the questions of your heart. Now, if you do it from an honest and open heart, God's going to guide and direct. And that's what prayer is. But we must ask. Secondly, as far as prayer, uh, let's go back to our passage. Because I wanna, want you to notice the powerless life that they had because they weren't asking. The powerless life. Uh, you know, as far as prayer, prayer is easy to, to abandon. I'll just put it that way. It's easy to abandon. From my own personal experiences... One of the first things that go in my spiritual life is prayer. What I mean by that is if I get too busy, then it's my prayers that I cut short. Because I have to hurry up. Or even, I've done this before too, where my prayers get almost ritualistic because I'm in a hurry. Saying the same thing over and over, sometimes not thinking through my prayer life. So prayer is easy to abandon if we're not careful. Let me give you a few ways we can abandon them. One, we can just become too busy to pray. Uh, you can be too busy to pray. Maybe there's someone here that's like that. You just got too busy to pray. Uh, my thought on that is if you're too busy to pray, then you're probably too busy. Okay? Then you can find something to cut back on. You can find some time that you can talk to God. Uh, you know, David and Daniel, uh, the Bible tells us, both those men prayed three times a day to God. Three times a day, uh, morning, noontime, and evening, they talk to God. Uh, now, we're not given that explicit direction, but you know, that's a good practice to get into, talking to God three times a day if you're able to. Both those men were also busy men. One was a king and one was a prime minister of Babylon. So we're talking about men who were busy, yet they took time to talk to God. So I encourage you, make time to talk to the Lord. Uh, secondly, you know, we can become too self-centered to pray. That's how prayer can be abandoned. Uh, what I mean by that is the focus can be on our life and not on God. And when we focus on our life, then we're too self-centered to pray. Uh, thirdly, we can become too proud to pray. Uh, in other words, we just don't believe we need God's help. Now, this is one of those that just sneaks up on you, by the way. I, I've had that where, you know, nobody ever wants to admit they're prou- proud. Yet yeah, all of us are proud at times. And there can be times where I know I've looked back and I thought, you know, I just didn't ask God. And it's clear as day is because I thought I didn't need him. I thought I had it all figured out already. In reality, I should have been asking God. Ask God all the time for his direction. Ask him all the time for wisdom. Are you beginning any new project? Ask God before you go forward. It's better to ask God first than to later go back and say, I'm sorry, God. Let's start over. I need to ask you again. I need to ask you for help now. Uh, and so it's best to start with God. And that's uh, the thing about abandoning in prayer. When prayer is abandoned, then there's going to be powerlessness in our life. So uh, let's go back here. Notice in this passage the, some of the problems that they were having. He says here in verse uh, 2. Now we're going to talk about the lusts here in a minute. But notice part of the problem. They're asking for these things and they're not having them. Because he says, you ask 
you don't have not because you don't ask. Uh, basically, the indication here is they're having all this turmoil and these problems, and evidently they're not asking God to help them with this matter. They're not turning things over to the Lord. They're not seeking His direction. They're just making a bigger mess of things as they go forward. So if you don't pray, you're limiting God's power in your life to work things out. And by limiting God's power, you're also opening up the door for more problems. Because it's easy to make more mistakes when we're not walking with God. And so more problems can come into our life. In this case, we see problems with others. Uh, And by the way, that's where most problems come from, right? If If we're truthful, most of the problems of life come from other people or with others. That's what it comes down to. Uh, it's interesting. I read a, an article once. Uh, what it was, this gentleman was writing. He had went out uh, with a friend, went out to dinner. and He asked his friend how things were going. And uh, his friend was a pastor. And his friend said, uh, they're going well, except for working with people. And he started laughing. He thought, you know, I mean, that's what pastors do all the time is work with people. Anyway, he started to just kind of question a lot of his other friends. And he come to find out that not only was his friend who was a pastor having a hard time with people. But so was his friend who was a construction worker at his work site was having a hard time with people. And the list went on and on. He listed all these friends who their problems that they had were with others. That's just life. That's the point here. That's life. We have to deal with others, whether it's within the house, within work, within a neighborhood, uh, within a church. We have to live with others. I mean, it's just part of life. Pray. Pray. You say, well, pastor, how does this work? Well... You know you can pray for others. You can pray for others. You know you have someone in your life that's given you a difficult time. You can pray for them. Pray that God will bless them and work in their heart. You have someone who is opposed to God maybe in your life. And because of that, they're creating issues in your life. You know what you can do there? Pray that God will save their soul. That God will work in their heart and that they'll get things right with Him. Uh, We pray for others. Also pray that God will give you patience with others. Pray that God will give you wisdom with others. Pray that God will direct you as you go forward. See, that's how prayer is practical. No matter what age you are, you're going to have people you have to deal with. It could be at school with bullies, or it could be at work with people who are just difficult to get along with. Well, God can enable us by praying, give us power to get through those moments. And so we want to make sure we have that power. And so as far as God, the Bible says that we that they were asking, or they didn't ask, so they did not receive. And that's why. So here's the thought here. It's not that God is withholding blessings, okay? It's not that He's withholding blessings from anybody. He just gives those blessings to those who ask. They're available there. You just need to go to Him and ask Him for those blessings. Uh, here's the third thought on abandoning prayer, and that's uh, power with prayer. Here's the power you have with prayer. Just think about who you're praying to when you pray. Okay? Think about it. You're praying to God, the Almighty Creator of this world. So you're talking to the Supreme Ruler of this world when you, when you pray. You know, I think the, the more we consider that... First off, the more we'll probably pray. And second, the more serious we'll take our prayers. Uh, When you think about God, how about the prayer of salvation to begin with? You see, that's what it begins with. If you want to have a relationship with God, you must be saved. The Bible says that God sent His only begotten Son in the world, so that way we could be saved. Now, as far as salvation this morning, you've got to understand some things about salvation. Uh, One, the book of Romans tells us that we're all sinners. All of us have sinned against God. 
Uh, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we've all sinned, and we all need God's forgiveness in our life. And that comes through Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible says if you repent and you receive Christ as your Savior, then you're saved. And that's a prayer of salvation is what we would call it. Sometimes it's audible. Sometimes it's just within. I know some uh, knew what to say. They just did it within. Some did it audibly. But it's a prayer. It's recognizing your need, repenting of your sin, and asking God into your heart or receiving Him as your Savior, as your God. And I hope everyone here has done that. Uh, if you have not, that's the first prayer you should make to God. It's the next prayer you should make this morning is, is ask God to forgive you and receive Him into your heart as your Savior. But that's where it begins. And that's, that's the power of salvation. You see, you receive God's power to be saved and have an eternal life. But th- it doesn't end there. After we're saved, we should continue talking to God. And we should pray. The Bible tells us in James, pray for wisdom so you can make correct decisions. I tell you, how many of you have decisions to make? We have decisions daily. Every day we've got to make decisions. Some may not seem to be as important as others. You know, uh, what shirt you're going to wear that day. Or uh, if you're going to wear a hat, if you wear hats or not wear a hat or whatever else. Or they could be bigger decisions as far as... Uh, Do I want to look for another job? Or do I want to purchase a vehicle or or make this investment here? You see, those are bigger decisions that might affect you more. Seek God's wisdom in those matters. Because He'll give it to you. If you seek after the Lord. Uh, Another thing about God, He knows all things. He knows all things. Uh, This morning, I can tell you this. I know very little of many things. Uh, chances are, uh, you know, wherever you work, if you have a job, wherever you work, uh, I could go down there tomorrow and you could stump me within a few seconds of what you're doing. Uh, probably a lot of it go right over my head. Uh, so obviously you don't want to ask me for direction on any of those things. But you know, God knows all things. You say, God really knows about the computers? Oh yeah, God knows about computers. Now think about the mind He gave us. Think about what He's created in this world. God knows all about those things. And if you're having a problem with something at work, ask God. Ask God to, to help you with that for wisdom or for direction. He can provide. And that's one of the areas we can find power with God. How about direction in life? If you have to go a certain direction or if you have a decision to make, uh, you know, right or left, have to do, you want to make sure you're doing what's best. Well, God knows what's best for you. And then even more so, God knows what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day and next week. So your decisions, we're limited in that knowledge. But God's unlimited. So seek His wisdom. Seek His direction. He he knows what's best for you. And then go by faith, trusting Him. Uh, Also help help when you're in trouble. Uh, The book of Psalms are filled with with prayers like this. David crying unto the Lord for help. David crying unto the Lord for mercy. What we find is when we are in trouble, God will hear us and God will comfort us or provide for us. And so what we find is that if you want God's power in your life, you just have to ask Him. You just got to ask Him. You got to pray. So don't abandon prayer. If for some reason prayer has been abandoned in your life, this morning you can make a decision that that's going to change. You can say, you know, tomorrow morning I am going to pray. Well, tonight you say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to go home and talk to God. And I'm going to make it a, a priority in my life to talk to the Lord. Every single day. So if you've abandoned prayer, you can start up again. It's not too late. Start talking to God. Uh, Just get with the Lord. I encourage you to do that. Let's go back to James. Let's look at the second one this morning. And that's asking amiss. Asking amiss. He, He mentions this here in verse 
3 of James 4, he says, You ask and receive not because ye ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. So, we have two thoughts here. The first one, he says, you, you don't receive because you didn't ask. You've abandoned prayer. But then he says, and something, this is probably even worse, he says, you're asking, but you're asking incorrectly. That's why you're not receiving the answers that you're seeking or what you're looking for. So let's talk this morning about asking amiss. I have just two thoughts for you here. That's uh, first one is mistaken petitions, how we can make a mistake in our prayer life and ask uh, incorrectly. And that's what they did, evidently. Uh, you know, here's a thought. Anyone can pray. Anyone can pray. But it doesn't mean that God hears those prayers or answers them. Let me give you a few examples. Did you know wicked people can pray? Did you know ungodly people can pray? It's happened. It may happen again. It may even happening today or this morning. You know, people often pray before going to war. I mean, it's a serious issue. People will pray. Some never even went to church, have no interest in God, but all of a sudden will pray to God. Uh, how about this one? People often pray before going into surgery. That's a good time to pray, by the way. Uh, going into surgery, yeah, you talk to God, but that doesn't mean that someone is right. Uh, you know, nations are encouraged to pray after tragedies. You know, I've heard in my lifetime several presidents say, pray to God or talk to God. Unfortunately, some presidents don't even say that, but at least some have said that. But my thought here is to pray is not necessarily an indication of a strong, faithful life. Anybody can pray. And evidently here they were praying. They were just praying incorrectly. And so we want to make sure we're praying correctly. Uh, I think here's, here's the main point here. You know, the problem with many people is that they, they desire the gifts of God, but they don't want God himself. See, they don't want God leading. They just want what God has to give. We want to make sure we want God in our life. It's interesting studying through the kings, all the different kings of Israel. You know what separated all of them? The ones who wanted God in their life. They're the ones who God blessed. Uh, there were several who were religious. There were several who even mentioned the Lord. But when it came down to it, they didn't want God. They just wanted God to bless them. We want to make sure we want God in our life. That's power that God can give. Because, of course, He can give the blessings along with it. So, here's what we find here. Their prayers were based... Uh, basically, you'll notice their prayers are based upon covetousness. Uh, they wanted these things. He says here, uh, he says, You ask me, not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. Your lusts. Now, a lust is something that is of your flesh. Uh, your desires, your worldly or earthly desires, your lusts. Uh, the Bible talks about the lusts that we have. And evidently, that's what they were, they were interested in or they were concerned with. Now, it doesn't give us the details of their prayers. But let me give you a few examples of how we can pray after our lusts. You know, some people pray for success. Because they want worldly achievements. Now, there's nothing wrong with succeeding at work. I think God wants us to be the best wherever we are. I think God wants us to work hard. The Bible teaches hard work. I think He wants us to, to, to be the best that we can be for his, his glory. But sometimes we can seek success for our glory. People say, look at me. Look what I've done. Or, or look what I've achieved. Or look what I've gained. You see, that's when it becomes seeking things after our lusts. Not glorifying God, but glorifying self. Uh, how about possessions? Materialism. Wanting things. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting something new. 
Lord's blessed you, then thank God for that. You can get something new. Whether it's buying a house, a car, a coat, clothing of any kind. There's nothing wrong with those things. The Bible doesn't prohibit us from having those. But the Bible is against what we would call materialism. Living for those things. Seeking after those things. And sometimes our prayer life can be like that. Where it's turned into materialism. Where we're after all these things and wanting these things. So what we find here, evidently, whatever it was they were seeking after, they were seeking after things that would gratify their lusts. Now it gives us a few examples here up top. Talking about, uh, uh, he goes, your fightings and wars. Uh, he goes, even the lusts that war in your members. He goes, you lust and have not. They're lusting after things and they can't have it. They kill, they desire to have, they can't obtain uh, and they war within themselves. Basically, they're, they're wanting these things of the world and they're seeking these things and they're asking for, for God to bless them with these things they're not receiving and creating more problems is what we find here. And so here's the results of this. Okay, here's the results. First, their prayers remain unanswered. That's the first result. Uh, you know, have you ever really wanted to talk to somebody? Really wanted to talk to somebody. And you call them up and you just get the answering machine. And it's nice to hear their voice, but you really wanted to talk with them. And so you've got to leave a message. And you've got to wait. You see, what we find here is they were sending these prayers up to God, evidently. And there were no answers coming back. None. And James says it's because you're asking amiss. You're incorrect in the way you're asking, in the way you're talking to God, and what you're asking for, and that's why you're not receiving these answers. Instead, he said, you know what you're finding? Your problems are being multiplied. All of a sudden, you're, you're not having anything go your way. You're having all these problems within uh, because of this. So asking, asking amiss produces nothing but trouble, is what we find here. Because... If you ask amiss and you're asking for the wrong things, and we're going to get into a little more detail here of the motive, but if you're asking for the wrong things and you're not going to get the answer, that's going to be discouraging. Right? When you don't receive answers, it's discouraging. Uh, you send an email to somebody, they never answer. You wonder, well, did they get it? Uh, you send a text message to somebody, they never answer. Well, did they get it? Or are they just ignoring me? And they upset at me. What's going on? You see, when you ask things of God then you can begin to wonder, why is God not answering my prayers? Why is He not listening or is He even hearing my prayers? Well, we want to make sure that our prayers are coming from the right source, our heart, and they're coming the correct way. So here's a few things uh, I want you to think about, and this is the motives behind our prayers, and this is what we're going to wrap it up with this morning. The motives behind our prayers. He says here, you may, that you may consume it upon your lust. And that word consume means to, to use up completely. So he's saying here, he says, you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. You're just asking incorrectly because you're asking for things that you can use up on your lusts. Not on things that can glorify God. And he says, and that's the problem. So, here's some thoughts here to, to finish this. Why are your prayers unanswered? Have you ever thought about that? Why are your prayers unanswered? I know how, I have some unanswered prayers. There are some prayers that I have petitioned God for that are unanswered. Um, most of the time, and this is at least what I believe, and maybe others believe too. Most of the time, it's because we think it's timing that God is uh, just hasn't answered yet. It's not the right time, perhaps, uh, and that could be true. All right, that might be true, and then sometimes that is the case. You may ask God something, and the answer hasn't come back yet because it's just not time yet. Uh, for example, let me give you an example of this. Um, 
I know there's some people in my life that are without God. They have no love for God. There's, there's not really a desire for God. I pray for them. I pray that God will work in their heart. I pray that something will happen that they'll respond and they'll receive Christ or they'll get things right with God and that they'll look to God. Well, there are some I've been praying for a long time. And I'm still praying for them. I haven't received an answer yet. That's timing. God hasn't worked yet. And there may be some things. That, there's other ways that can be that way. Maybe you're seeking direction. Or maybe you're stuck in a place where you just wish God would help you get out of that. Well, you might have to wait, is what it amounts to. So that is the case sometimes. But here's what you know how to do. You've got to make sure that's the case, all right? That's what I want to challenge you with this morning. Make certain that's the case. Because it's so easy just to pass it off, saying, well, it's just not, God just doesn't want to answer that, or that's how God's answering. Well, maybe, maybe so, but maybe not. So here's what you need to do. Examine your life and examine your heart to make sure the problem is not with you. Now, that's not fun, all right? But that's needed at times. Make sure that the problem is not here as far as your prayer life. So here's some thoughts. Why do you pray? What do you pray for? You thought about that? What do you pray for? When you pray for success of any kind, ask yourself this. Are you praying for your glory in the success or for God's glory? This is a simple way to put it. How about this? When you're praying for some item of some sort, is it needed or is it wanted? Now, there's nothing wrong with asking God for wants. Just make sure you understand their wants. If you ask for a need, you understand it's a need. God, please, I need help here. Or I need this. I've got to pay the bills or I've got to do this. I need a place to live. Whatever the case may be. But make sure that the motive behind the prayer is correct. It's not just seeking things, just to seek after things of the world or to gratify our flesh. And, and that's the challenge that we have here. You see, God has promised, as far as He hears our prayers and answers them, but He's not promised to give us whatever we want. And that's good, by the way. Because there have been times in my life I look back and I thank the Lord He didn't answer some of my prayers. There's times where I look back and think, Lord, I'm so glad that you, you in your wisdom, said no. Because I would have made a mess of things. So God is so good to us, and we need just to keep going back to Him. So the purpose of prayer, let me give you this quote. I found this. This was good. I, don't, I can't credit with anybody, because everywhere I found it, it's anonymous. So I'm just going to leave it at anonymous. But it says this, The purpose of prayer is not to get your will done in heaven, but to get God's will done on earth. We're not praying so we can direct God. We're praying so God will get involved in our life and help us and direct us. And that's how we approach prayer. That's how you find power in prayer, by the way. That's where the power comes from. The power comes not from us being on our knees or from us praying. The power comes from God. That's where the power comes from. And that's why we're to pray. So prayer is important. Prayer is important. I encourage you to seek the Lord in prayer uh, every day. Make it a practice. Make it something that you are committed to, that you're going to talk to God. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. 
Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.